It's good to be back. Welcome back to another episode of The Discourse. I am your host, Chad V, and I'm being joined, as always, by my lovely panel of uh, co-hosts, John. Hey, guys. Richard. I'm here. And Adair. Fuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I have to say I'm feeling a little bit uh, uneasy this week uh, recording. A lot of my co-hosts, in case you wondered, are black. And, you know, it's just a very, I don't want to say uneasy time for being black. I know what you're thinking. Uh, and yes, it is because there is a epidemic out there affecting the black community. And that is uh, white women pretending to be black women. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i don't know i don't even that was so that was so long ago now everything feels you know like i'm coming out of a haze everything feels so like shiny and clean but that must have been 105 years ago not when the rachel dalzell but the new one uh jessica krug Krug, that you pronounce it i think so she had a series of aliases and rap handles uh associated (laughs) with her name so i don't know exactly what her real name was but it feels like it's been like a hundred years since that happened but I say it to say this, you know, now, you know, I'm being put in an awkward position as the host of the premier black podcast on the left, the discourse uh, to, you know, I'm left to be suspicious of my other black co-hosts <laughs> and whether or not they are actually secretly white women in disguise, a la the 2002 Wayne's Brothers movie, White Chicks. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been outside and I was kind of light skinned to start with. So <laughs> I'm starting to like question t- myself. You're like a leprechaun that's half black, bro. Like you're you're tiny. You're not very dark. <laughs> <laughs> like I've met I can vouch for Richard because I've met him in, in real life, but I don't know about like I have I have a DNA test done. Like my white chromosome goes back millennia in Africa. Oh, again, that's so. right. You did one of those fed 23andMe fucking DNA test. Did, what, did you come out as, as 100% white woman? <laughs> <laughs> Very much. I did learn that my Y chromosome is the same as Ramses the third, so you can suck my royal dick. <laughs> oh, I'm, excuse, excuse me, Emotep. Let <laughs> 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 me be called Brendan Fraser on this. Don't maybe <laughs> <laughs> Send your ass back to uh, what what's that? A knocks on the moon. Yep. Hell yeah! I have I I watched Hamilton two weeks ago or some shit, maybe two months ago. I don't remember anything about that. I remember every part of the Mummy with Brendan. Oh, Freeman. I just tried to Literally. rewatch it. Like my mom wanted to rewatch it, and she's like, "Yeah, let's rewatch it. It's my favorite movies." We both were like, "Damn, this sucks." It's a good. Movie. We had to turn it's it a good off. Movie, but I also saw it for the first time at like nine or ten. I want to say so. Right. <laughs> It does not hold up. <laughs> the mummy absolutely holds up. This is why we have to do more media shows. We're gonna we're gonna watch the mummy. <laughs> oh, God, we no. have to watch the no no. We're watching movie. the mummy. I don't That's, trust your movie. Not until, not until we talk about Cobra Kai. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Cobra. I love Cobra Kai too. I think I might have already done an episode of Cobra Kai. You guys weren't invited because you hadn't watched. <laughs> you guys haven't watched it yet. Uh, but no, you know what? Today, I'm, we're not gonna go into the results of uh, fucking. Uh, Ozymandias's DNA test today because you know I'm sure the feds have it already have it on file. <laughs> <laughs> they plant at that uh, Oregon uh, murder. You know, whenever a black person gets a 23andMe uh, genetic file done, they just like the police, the local the police department near them is sent just a copy of their DNA and it's just kept on file for when they need to like plant some evidence somewhere. <laughs> But I mean, shit, they're going to get it anyway. So what's what's the point? Uh, We're not going to go into that. But we did have a few revelations this week uh, revolving around Mr. Woodward and Mr. Trump and a certain interview that occurred in March. Yeah, that's the thing that really fucking pisses me off, man. I I mean, we knew we didn't know what we it's the same thing we always talk about when we talk about things like Gladio or talk about things like what happened with the Jakarta method. We didn't know, but we knew that Trump was lying about the effects of coronavirus. But there was one motherfucker out there who knew and sat on it so he could juice book sales. And that was Bob fucking Woodward. So like this asshole had Trump on tape saying that he was lying to the American public while he's going on the news every night or going on to his press briefings or doing whatever the fuck he was doing at the time, telling the exact opposite story of what he was telling someone behind closed doors and on tape. And rather than say, hey, look, we're in the middle of a pandemic and thousands of people are dropping dead every day, 
the president is saying this behind closed doors, which is the opposite of what he's saying. He decided that he was going to wait until he released his book to release the information to the American public. Like, I, I just, I, I cannot fathom what kind of person would do that. I can't fathom what this asshole was fucking thinking about. Like, Trump, we know he's a degenerate. He doesn't care about humanity. He doesn't care about human beings at all. It's all about him. And the only conclusion you can get from that is Woodward's the exact same fucking way. I hate to, you know, express shock on the internet or at least on a podcast, but I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised that you're surprised because if, no, if for no other reason than that kind of behavior that you described, maybe if not in this very specific instance or like the severity in this particular instance is what makes it unokay. Like that particular behavior of like, I don't know, aides or people within Trump's circle or Trump's friends or like politicians he once donated to or just like whoever, right? Like, like you know, John Bolton. Yeah, like John Bolton or Billy Bush or, you know, any number of people. Like or even just like the the rash of like rogue, you know, White House aid account that fucking like sprung up in the months and you know, I guess the year or so after his inauguration. They discovered that there was a cotton industry to be made around like just being around Trump, letting him be the kind of shitty person that he is like lie cheat steal you know say racist things say misogynist things do you know like basically float terrible policies about using like death rays on migrants or some shit and not say anything really not do anything meaningful at the time only to sit on that information to put out an anonymous article in the new york times or make an anonymous quote or like put it in their book i remember when the what the that fucking that fucking like rogue trump advisor or rather the person who wrote that rogue trump like there are good people inside the trump campaign op-ed like a year ago got that fucking book offer offer for doing it so like there was a whole cottage industry made around like hanging around trump catching him doing like racist shit then like putting it out like later like after it didn't matter and then like you know i guess saying aha look trump is like racist and it's just like i kind of don't understand like I guess if you've accepted that Trump is a liar and he's not, you know, treating things seriously, how do you still engage with the things that are coming out of his mouth about coronavirus at any point in time as though they're like factual, right? I mean, at some point it seems as though like, you know, there's like this always this thing like, oh, Trump is gaslighting people. Trump is gaslighting people. It's like, I don't know how you can continue to let Trump like convince you that he's believable in any circumstance. Part of it at the same time, this is when... With essentially the media was telling people not to get masks or wear masks because uh, wearing them you might actually contaminate yourself more so than uh, if you not wearing them in order rather than just really explaining to people hey we screwed up there's a massive PPE shortage and while they would greatly it would greatly benefit uh, populations with high spreading to be able to mask up we can't afford people going out and buying them we need them for the hospital workers so on so there was no like sort of rational explanation either in the media or from our politicians about why we weren't wearing masks in the first place and so at the same time the playing down the severity of it was part of it was, it was a dual nature beast and playing down the severity while also playing up the severity to get people to take it seriously while also not taking the basic precautions like masking because we needed that for PPE gear, which apparently is still in short. And one of the other aspects of this, these recent spat of stories that bothers me kind of building on both of your guys' points is the AP guide for dealing with anonymous sources says specifically, quote, we must we must explain in the story why the source requested anonymity they just haven't been doing that at all like they don't even give you the this person wants to keep working with trump so they've requested an anonymity like which would greatly undermine kind of the the drivers and speak to the motivations of sitting on this information until it serves serves them personally or they've been upset by trump because he said or did something that upset them and now they're willing to speak on what they've known this whole time whether it's bolton or woodward or any of the other people so it's like there's there's an attempt by democrats in a lot of ways to put all of the lack of a competent response to the pandemic on trump and trump's government and it was trump's fault that they couldn't have listened to their own scientists in their own state about the uh, how it was being spread, whether there was community spread in their community, so on and so forth. That was a particular issue in Washington where some of the first testing 
that uncovered it was as a result of research and the researchers ignoring what the feds were telling them and investigating whether there was community spread at all in the first place. No, absolutely. Right. And so like a part of it is that right. Definitely that there is a desire to put everything on Trump's head. Right. I do agree with John, though, that this was such a clumsy attempt, right? The media and the kind of the book publishing apparatus, I don't know, I don't read books, that's just not my thing, uh, apparati, uh, apparatoid, uh, like, have incentivized this behavior both in terms of, like, you can use it to rehabilitate yourself a la Bolton, or you can use it to enrich yourself. From my standpoint, like, this particular piece of information, I think, was a pretty obvious thing not to use that with, considering, like, you would, I would imagine that Woodward would have shown, like, better just fucking common sense, right? It just seems like, yeah, no, like, I can see why you would think you could do this, but, like, with this particular instance of information, it's not a good idea. I mean, I think David Sorota wrote a newsletter about this, but I saw that Trump tweet where he basically said, well, like, if you felt it was so important, why didn't you tell anybody? And, like, that's a fair point. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like that's a completely uh, you know fair point to make about to make to a journalist who you spoke to about potentially incredibly interesting information no it's just I, I keep i can't i can't get over the fact that like you know everybody sell everybody who we normally hate in the liberal media as well as like just liberals in general is celebrating woodward like they're literally fucking celebrating his ass and it's kind of like Every one of those 200,000 deaths that we've had, you can hang them around his neck too because he had audio of the president saying, hey, look, I'm lying to the American people. I don't I don't think you can hang them on his neck. And I think part of this is like, again, I like can't... The, we know that, wait, but hold on. I mean, it's a counterfactual, obviously, but we know the Democrats wouldn't have done anything well, with yeah. this information. But like, at the same time, he's complicit, man. It's just mind-boggling that you could think that you could not release information and then, like, put it in your book or put it into, like, I don't know, the trailer promo for your book, I guess, which I don't know what they made, and, like, not have people, like, I don't know, ask the obvious question or feel as obviously disgusted as John. Like, hey, you know, when does information have been useful for people, even if the government did nothing, right, even the, which we will talk about because they definitely would not have done anything different. Not but, like, like, assuming the government did nothing different, would this information not have been more useful for people who, when they were making, like, theoretically making informed choices about how they operate within the you know COVID pandemic world while people were saying it was okay to go outside, right? So I think that's part of the, you know, part of the equation is whether or not from our standpoint, whether there was always going to be a lack of movement from the Democrats on this issue in, in whether or not the response had to be structural in nature or how deep or how much of the response needed to be structural in nature in order to be, you know, meaningful. The knowledge that the Democrats weren't going to do shit about it kind of puts more impetus on you to release this information because then it would have pressured the Democrats to do more. And also, at least people would know that they should wear fucking masks a little bit better, right? Like people, like if in the absence of a real structural support system, it, people could have at least have had as much knowledge as possible. How well they would have been able to parse it based on, you know, the way knowledge is distributed in our culture and society is debatable but it should have at least been out there i agree to that for sure well it's it's just like you know right now for instance what's going on with COVID is you know boris johnson basically said the government's going to come through england and break up groups of six or more like they're going to enforce groups of six or more to be smaller and you know they have a, a lower rate of infection increase than anywhere in the United States. And, you know, even Massachusetts and Rhode Island are like, okay, we can have indoor dining again. And it's like, you know, I, we, we've gotten to the point where because of the, the pandemic response in the Senate and the Congress and like them not passing a bill, Republicans will talk about it a little bit, but Republicans trying to force the skinny bill and the Democrats not agreeing to it. States are backed into a corner in revenues. And so now it's just like, okay, they're not doing it. And like, this is the type of information this Woodward recording the president saying, no, this is really fucking serious. This is the type of information people need to know before they go out dining rather than, oh, hey, look, the, the local paper says that they're reopening indoor dining. It must be safe. You know, that's not the type of information people need. People need to know that, hey, look, they're reopening indoor dining because otherwise their budget concerns are going to force them to lay off 50% of the public workforce. So they're trying to raise any type of revenue that they can because they see gigantic red everywhere and the federal government isn't stepping in to help them. 
Like this is all information the public needs that it just doesn't get ever in our country because our entire landscape for providing information is so fucking broken and corrupt. Well, I will say first, congratulations to Boris Johnson for taking a hard line stance on polyamorous couples. I think that once you have six or more people in one relationship, it just becomes a little bit unwieldy. I mean, you know, benefits of being able to play a good game of Catan aside, you know, it's uh, it's just too much. So, yeah, if Corbyn was, uh, I don't know, what does, what does the UK have now? A call? Not They're just like a roving band of like <laughs> of fucking like nomads trying to like stop eating like raccoons or something. If Corbyn was called the UK, they'd, they'd just be like, you know, a couple of... 10 12 14 people despite COVID 19 all within six feet of each other all just like you know undulating on each other's left you know how it is uh but no for i don't i think woodward thinks the american people are stupid and won't care that he withheld information that endangered their lives or could have you know prevented the massive spread of death because they will be so focused on what trump said that they sort of will absolve everyone else around them of their responsibilities and i think that's just a true general trend we see it's like okay trump did something bad so no one else has any responsibilities like no one else, like democrats aren't responsible for providing a good candidate with a strong message beyond like we're not republicans you know they're not responsible for really putting up anything in terms Motherfucker of like, said he's going to increase the military budget today. exactly so like you know trump is a get out of responsibility free card for most people i think a, a decent number of people are actually upset about woodward withholding that information uh, but again, Democrats are kind of running interference on that because it's just like it is what is it? Let's focus on the lie, not focusing on all people who enable. Going back to like the larger structural questions, like if this information had come out, I, mean, I don't think we would have seen a much different response from like at least the pe- at least the people in positions to actually enact like real like. No, 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 nothing from anyone in power. But you have like, for example, I'm, th- I'm thinking about the, the the liberals in general who are the fence sitters about this entire COVID fiasco who don't take it necessarily as seriously as they should, but see it as serious, right? So they're the ones who are like, oh, I'm not going to go to a restaurant until the government says it's okay. And then when they say, oh, okay, yeah, you can do uh, outdoor dining, they're like, oh, okay, I'll go to a patio. And it's like, well, really, that's not quite safe yet. But, you know, they don't see it as that because they're, they're thinking, well, you know, the people that I trust and who have outsourced all my morality to are telling me that it's fine, even though they have incentives to actually lie to me on this very topic. I don't know about that. And that's who I see who would have made a difference to. So, no, I don't think we would have had any policy changes, but I definitely think that we would have had a, a smaller rush to open because the people who were the fence sitters who were waiting for someone to tell them that it's clear would have been less likely to actually do anything, if that makes sense. No, I agree. And I mean, I think that the only thing I would say generally to like to add to that would be like, it's not even that they said it was clear or good to go out and eat. Right. It was, it's not as so as specific as that, because that would require like the people who were doing that to take real responsibility for saying that. Instead, they just opened up restaurants and said, you know, like, well, if you We're open now. make the choice. Yeah. So which, of course, you know, from my standpoint, if the state opens restaurants, if the governor opens restaurants and allows them to open, then, you know, it's reasonable to assume that it's safe to go to them. But really what it you know what opening the restaurants is supposed to communicate, despite it not being like obviously not being clear, is that like, oh, you are now free to make the choice whether or not you think it's safe and would like to make the risk to go to those restaurants. But also you have to be aware of the kind of guidelines in terms of like, well, how many people can be in this place? You're wearing the mask. You have to sort of be in charge of that. And even when you're drunk and sober and if you can't, you know, then suddenly it's it's your fault for not acting responsible. And of course, the responsibility is not on the government for opening the places up right and and now the public universities and colleges everywhere are running the same fucking tactic yeah it's a scam i mean it's more explicit in the college scam because we saw i think what was it the the university of north carolina one of those state universities i want to say with north carolina expelled like 11 kids from school because they were violating social distancing guidelines by having like a party I was like, frankly, any plan that relies on like 18 year old kids on a college campus not partying is just not a real plan. It's just some like it's just not. It's just like a series of irrational like demands you're making on a population that just won't behave like like that in order for when they inevitably don't behave like that to be able to like 
put the blame on them for behaving like you could more or less assume that they would because the idea of putting like structural incentives or barriers or like anything like that in place to change or to change consensus or change behavior is just a foreign concept instead it's like all punishment based well like you know if we tell these 18 year old kids that they have to sign this contract to you know come back on campus and they're not allowed to party and now they're being six feet if they can't be rational adults and choose to follow the rules and they can't be on college campus like and of course that kind of mentality allows like assholes in their 30s who aren't on college campuses to go oh like those 18 year olds they're just not very smart it's their fault that like COVID is breaking out even as those 30 year olds are also just like not following pandemic guidelines they just happen to not be in spaces like college campuses where the most the most likely way for you to not follow guidelines is to do something like party or do a big gathering they just don't you know don't wear their mask when they go into the store but again it just allows a certain sect of the population to be scapegoated as like the reason we are still dealing with covid versus like the larger institutions and structures that have a much easier and much more direct way to incentivize better covid behavior yeah, no, it, I think it builds on a bit of what Jean was saying with that student example, particularly like one, there's definitely an aspect. We saw this early in New York where these the kind of individualizing of this and the behavior based analysis is uh, a way to crack down on, quote, undesirable, quote, uh, elements of society and also to make up revenue through uh, that's lacking with uh the citations and such, and with the students in particular, they ended up putting these students in a hotel. So they put about 800 students in a hotel and then told them, you guys can't go to each other's rooms, which, okay. And then when they found them in the room, they, they expelled them. And I guess it was a Northeastern University, by the way. But, uh, but they're keeping their tuition. You know, they're not getting education anymore, but they're definitely keeping to it their tuition, which is another part of this aspect of uh, the individualization of the behavior, particularly on campuses, where if you then realize that the campus isn't a safe place for you to be, if you're comp immunocompromised, have to go to a house, share a house with uh, people that may be uh, more vulnerable or whatever the situation may be, that if you realize that only upon r arriving at campus, that you're still going to end up owing them tuition. And you're not going to be able to use COVID as an excuse to get out of or, you know, the, the education isn't what you paid for or expected because now it's all online and the, the professor doesn't know how to do online classes. So you're really taking the whole entire course from a TA or whatever. Like all those types of things are just part of this making up the shortfall in the economic collapse that's being papered over by the Fed printing money. Like there's this huge, huge depression in economic activity and uh, a lot of revenue generators as a re that come from the large portion of America's economy that's based in kind of these large group events and or activities or organizations and that missing is both hitting the organizations themselves but also the states that are dependent on the taxes from that revenue. But that's all a common story, right? Like we know like in the time of COVID-19, the attempts by institutions to like defer all responsibility onto the people they're supposed to be serving for maintaining both the institution and like the general public health while the, like, you know, while the people in charge are just like, just, you know, trying to uh, cover whatever budget shortfalls they have. In the time of COVID-19, the shift of structural and societal failures to personal, moral and intellectual ones becomes both incredibly glaring and also you know you would hope the contradiction would be obvious right like you know it's it's clear that you cannot expect 18 year olds in the hotel to not party and that's half of the appeal of college right and the thing about it is colleges know that's half of the appeal of colleges because that's why they were so concerned about not letting people back on campus because they know they're not geared towards fucking doing online classes because they haven't put they haven't invested as much infrastructure most haven't invested as much infrastructure into like the actual educational and the actual educational portions of their schools it's just you know uh campus facilities and like school sports and shit like that and like honestly in a world without those things like why the fuck would right. people even want to go to college i mean frankly like so much of like the college experience is supposed to be like a social awakening as well so to demand that people come to college and just pay you forty thousand dollars a year to take like three one hour shitty classes that for a degree they don't even need and just not be allowed to get higher fuck people i wouldn't have gone fuck that it's just like, like, why would you bother? And then like accrue debt too. Like it's, but we know that they you know whether it's the government, whether you know state, local, uh, federal governments, whether it's schools. We know that they uh, shift the blame for their failures onto like the individuals because it makes it easier to like paper over those failures. Uh, 
but in the time of COVID, it seems like that's a very precarious proposition and one that's only going to last for as long as people are at least kept from arm's length from the actual impact of it, or they realize that like the Democrats aren't going to do anything when they become when they get into office either. Right? Well, they're going to do something, all right? They're going to fucking institute austerity and crack and like get Republican support, and it'll be bipartisan. It'll be a, a very kumbaya moment of punishing poor people. They'll cut Social Security. Mitch McConnell realized that his, his biggest mistake under Obama was not accepting Obama's grand bargain to cut Social Security. So he will accept Biden. I mean, I will say that that's that's kind of a toss up because, frankly, I don't know. He would have lost a lot of faith for, like, agreeing with a black person. And the Democratic Party actually came back to him with the same deal. So, like, he didn't make a mistake. Like, he got to not work with a black person and still got the Social Security, assuming that the Biden administration comes. Like, he made a he there. He's playing five dimensional chess like while the Democrats are playing fucking checkers. But I mean, that kind of loops back into the whole coronavirus and the sort of coronavirus response and even the response to uh, the Woodward fucking uh, revelations about Trump knowing more about the airborne spread and about masks and about like the uh, the like the deadliness of the disease. It's like. The reason why I do kind of harp on like the Democrats probably not would not have done more with this information at the institutional level is because like so much of this, the response to this revelation has been this kind of, well, if only we knew something like this, we would have could behave differently. And again, not from individuals, because some maybe some would, maybe some wouldn't. We can never really know that. But for, and like that kind of gets back to the fallacy of trying to control individuals at that level with you know, just with the dissemination of information, which they may or may not read. But like the Democrats, I don't think can be allowed to pretend like had they known this, they would have done anything or could have done anything differently based on the kind of pieces they put on the board prior to COVID-19 coming into place. But that's kind of what they're harping on. Like, oh, if only we had known. It's like, would you have tweeted something different? Like, would you like what exactly would have been the you know, what exactly would have been the response had this particular piece of information been released? And, you know, that particular, I guess, albatross people's heads that like all we're waiting for, all the Democrats are waiting for, all Nancy Pelosi is waiting for, all like, you know, Chuck Schumer is waiting for is a specific piece of information to start becoming this like radical Trump defeating party is just like nonsense. They would have done nothing with this information. They might have had it. Who knows? Like I don't fucking know. But like the idea that they like that, you know, Cuomo would have done something better or it's I it's it's you, you see how they no, I mean, now they have this information. Nancy Pelosi tweeted out hashtag Trump knew and kept quiet. In fact, Trump lied and now people have died. Pass it on. Like, that's what she's done. You're the fucking leader of the house. Pass on COVID. You have subpoena power. Like, what the fuck are you doing? No one has any power but Trump. That's like that is the that is the central premise in the actual like biggest draw for people with power under trump like no one actually has power or responsibility in the minds of the people except for trump i'm just looking up and it's like i'm seeing articles back in march early march mid-march that are talking about the airborne is like i feel like all these people had access to their state schools if nothing else which like you have scientists of your own who had gave advice and had information is like so the idea that you had to hear it from the cdc under trump's command right joe rogan had osterholm on who said no this thing is not going to die down in summer because it looks more like mers rather than sars which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which su- survived in 120 degree heat. And it looks like right now it's airborne. You have, And that was in, I think, uh, late February. Like fucking Joe Rogan was ahead of this before the goddamn Democrats. I don't understand why you would believe anything that Trump says about COVID-19 about and not independently verify it. Right. And if they didn't, like that's a that's a failure in their part anyway. Why was there their only source of information about what was going on in the CDC through Trump's whatever fucking through Trump's whatever press conference. Like I, I, why were, why were they not hiring independent scientists or talking to like other independent doctors who are doing this sort of research? Like they want you to believe that a, they should be in charge despite either one of two things being true, right? Either they were so dumb as to not investigate independently uh, what was going on with coronavirus in a way that was completely untethered from whatever the fuck Trump was saying, because by their own admission, Trump is a fucking liar. And, you know, 
whether or not you think he is doing so as part of some deliberate game to beat the de Democrats or whether or not you think that he's just kind of out of his mind, he is certainly a liar. Like, if you were not doing that, that is just a gross negligence on your part. You should have you should have been like, I don't know why you would believe anything he says about this. Like, you, like look at what happened. They think they act as if people will let them get away with it. And as you see a lot on Twitter and definitely in the media is that they essentially are. The uh, Sirota is one of the ones taking a lot of heat for be being like, hey, as a journalist, this isn't good journalism. Just general like that's just a bad idea. People are like, oh, well, you know, Trump's worse. And so everything is like. Everything, if any, if you can find an example of Trump being worse about something, then you can't hold anybody to the left of Trump accountable. Right. For that's it. why we have Biden as the nominee. It's the same fucking tactic. I just wanted to add quickly is just that one of the aspects of the, you know, if people had this information, then they could have acted differently. It's like, but people in general have been so enfeebled that even with the information, we don't act on these things. So, like, you know, all the corruption that we know about Trump, all the, you know, racism that people knew about Biden going into is like, we, we've been so, we've been made so like incapable of integrating information into our worldview and altering our worldview and, and instead just alter the information to fit our worldview that even with the information of about like you know whether it's covid or whether it's trump's corruption or lies or any of those we're not able to integrate those into our worldview in such a way that it actually uh it impacts behavior in a significant no way. americans are the worst the goldfish brains they can't have provide any context for any piece of information or place it into a larger tapestry of what the world actually is. Well, we also don't have a media culture where people are uh, exposed to, you know, the idea that they should be, you know, savvy consumers of the news. As I, you know, watched more and more of Trump's like actual fucking like talking, I was like, well, no, Trump is kind of just an insane liar. And like whatever he says is in many ways untethered from the world around him. In reality, the people who are gaslighting you, if that's the you know nomenclature that you want to use, are like the media and the establishment that revolve around Trump, who have a vested interest in like, yeah, framing Trump as somehow anomalous, but not framing the fact that Trump was capable of getting to this position as something so devastatingly fucking disqualifying that people re evaluate the system so there's sort of a balancing act that they're always playing where it's like okay trump is sometimes presidential and some trump is also a liar and trump is this and that and so like it's impossible for people to keep in their head that well okay should you ever believe trump ever like i mean yeah obviously there are a couple people there are a lot of people who like hang on to the president's every word but the entire landscape that information would have come out with is geared towards sowing doubt, allowing people to choose their level of belief. But it's hard to believe that this information would have been examined any differently than the information that we had, especially since, as Richard said, the information was out there. You know, Trump agreeing to it or saying it would have given it more legitimacy. But like it was out there and people who were whose job it is to do that kind of thing could have done it, too. Yeah, it's all the major networks had doctors on every day talking about this stuff. They could have actually talked about it in a way that made sense and encouraged people to do things like mask up, to do things like uh, recognize that, you know, buying out all the hand sanitizer isn't going to resolve this issue and all those types of things. But they didn't. Like, they chose not to. I mean... Some of them did. Some of them, like, you know, I honestly were just, I guess, waiting for more information or it was just, like I said, drowned out. Like there are so many channels there. There wasn't one consistent narrative because people are. And it was a novel virus. I mean, there is that factor to it as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I mean, part of that is just Trump essentially agreeing with what the most recent research had been showing, which was that essentially that oh, it turned out that this can be carried on dust particles and exists in the air for hours. And it's like he was just it wasn't proven beyond a reasonable doubt or anything like that. It's just that's what the most current research was showing at that time. And he was like, yeah, that's what basically he was just repeating it because he probably heard it not very long before he had talked to, with Woodward. And so like that was essentially what the medical community was more or less saying. And it was like it wasn't that anomalous and i guess i guess the anomaly is you know trump then going out the and opposite. saying you know playing down the severity of it which is i yeah but as you mentioned it's like why are why would anybody be listening to trump who then wouldn't who already doesn't think that regardless after hearing that still doesn't think COVID is like a real well i, I think like, i think the only thing that we could have used it for was that we could have used that leverage or maybe the populace could have used that leverage and this is again a complete counterfactual but maybe the populace could have used that language of trump behind closed doors saying oh this thing's a motherfucker uh to actually 
browbeat the Democrats into doing more. And that's the only thing it could have been possibly used for, because I don't know that they would have, they definitely did not want to do more. I mean, you look at the bill, like Dan, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, talked, had, wrote up a whole uh, bit about the bill when it was passed and has since made a bunch of different critiques on it about how bad the, the CARES Act really was uh, and how bad the HEROES Act was. Like th they've had an awful response since the very beginning. And, you know, like <laughs> I was just reading, France is now saying they're going to pay 85% of workers' wages all the way up until next summer. Like we didn't even consider that. And maybe, maybe in some alternate universe where we had this information, we could have pressured the Democrats to do more, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, it being a novel virus tests the limits of Americans' ability to think on their feet, think dynamically, incorporate new information into their worldview, get rid of old information that has been proven outmoded without losing trust in the people who gave them. No, science shit. And so, like, again, that just reveals a complete lack of preparedness on that front. Like, you know, we still have people who are fucking handcuffed to hydroxychloroquine. Just because, like, at some point it was mentioned by somebody as a thing that might be helpful in treating it. And the moment it was mentioned that it might be a thing that could help with fucking uh, COVID-19, everyone immediately became an expert in hydroxychloroquine overnight. And then it turned out they didn't fucking matter and, like, no one was held accountable for, like, promoting it. They had Maddie, Maddie Why was tweeting they should just give it to people for no reason. And so we live in that kind of paradigm. So any new information that comes into, like, the system is going to come into the system into that paradigm. An act of review revealing it three months later to sell your book like it gives it extra weight and so I think it's easier to like sort of adopt the position that like it would have been this world-changing piece of information but like given the things that come out all the time and like end up just like yeah getting drowned out or whatever I can't necessarily see that like it's definitely important information that should have been released but our fucking media landscape and the way people are taught to like in court like you know listen to expertise and that kind of shit is just it it would have just been eaten up i think uh but i mean that's maybe i'm wrong there i think you're right in that uh, i think it would have just it as much as it because like i said it, there were reports that did people did mention and it, it would have just gotten buried and it doesn't change how the people that did know this treated it and how they you know how they acted how they promoted what they used with their public space and how they in their platforms and how they kind of prepared the people that they're owe some responsibility to for this type of issue i, I remember I, for when i was thinking about the when i was first hearing the first reports i was just like this is just going to become part of our seasonal shit like we're not going to do what we're going to need to do to like mitigate it control it limit it and and wait you know years for it to have any sort of large scale community spread that's just not going to work in the united states we, we're not prepared and that's basically what we've seen and so as i i don't think i'm a brilliant genius or anything i think anybody with any kind of uh vision over the kind of the structures at play was easily available so I, I presume and maybe i just give our politicians and the fucking millionaires and billionaires too much credit that all of the all of them could have saw a lot of that as well which go ahead yeah no they did it's just any any time like we talk about all the time you know the covid response just revealed the systemic flaws in the same way that uh, poverty and homelessness reveal the systemic flaws, right? They know that the problems are there. They know that there are solutions to them. They know that those solutions are going to cost money, so they don't do them. I will say I did want to talk a little bit more about the, the GOP bill, the skinny stimulus package. Which one of you wants to recap that for us? Um, I think they were trying to do, they were cutting the PUA in half. They were going to extend it out for, I believe, three or four months, and that was it. And the budgets to states where they were asking for 300 billion, they were going to give them 100 or to 150 billion. And there was no, there was a, a sunset clause built into it. And there was no way for like an automatic re-upping of it should like unemployment numbers maintain levels that they, at, that they currently are, which is something that the Democrats were asking for. Overall, no one was happy with the stimulus bill that they're putting all over, including the White House administration. And now it looks like because they can't come to an agreement, they're basically going to take a vacation again. And they're just not going to be in session until the election. 
it kind of goes back to what we were saying with David Dane, which is, it, you know, back when the Democrats produced the, the Heroes Act, the criticism, like, well, it was kind of just a grab bag of things that was more or less just designed to be blocked by the GOP in order to basically produce the headline. Well, Democrats try to solve the problem. GOP blocks them. Remember that when you go to the polls in November. Uh, GOP is doing the same thing. All they're trying to do is produce the exact headline. You know, Democrats block GOP stimulus package, leaving, you know, 80 million uh, Americans without relief during the COVID pandemic. 40% increase in, uh, oh, I think it's uh, a 40% increase in evictions and people not being able to pay their rent in August alone. They're just jockeying for that kind of position. They're jockeying for who is responsible for blocking relief to you, the person who is now being evicted. Like, remember in November, like, try to keep in, like, they're just, like, you know, essentially just playing the uh, the Jenga game. Like, where are they going to collapse? Like, who can, like, who can be assigned the most blame for it? And in reality, you know, it takes but a second to realize it's both of them. Because, like, if yep. one party was really offering real things directly to the people, yeah, they might kind, they might, they might not be able to pass it at the moment because just, hey, the Democrats really did paint themselves into the corner with all their bullshit. But they might be able to realistically take the Senate in the, in 2020. But because both parties have more or less agreed to just litigate this uh, election based entirely on symbolic grounds, people don't get offered anything i was just gonna say that if you if you imagine the politician's job is essentially convincing people that the how corporations are screwing them over is actually the best that they can hope for it kind of makes sense that it's in both parties favor and interest to make it impossible for either of them to actually do anything that they claim that they want to and so like the more that they can pound the, the table and point at the other party for not getting anything done for the people that they claim to represent and in perpetually enriching the people that they do represent, uh, the better for them. And so the, it makes sense then for to have, you know, this Senate be the, have this battle that we see in this between the Senate and the house where the house says, Oh no, we tried to do something, but those damn Republicans and the Republicans say, well, we tried to do something with those damn unreasonable people in the house and Democrats is like that, makes it to where they neither of them have like you said neither of them has to provide any of the things that they know are needed except they continue to provide the things that the corporations and their donors need which is the unlimited money printed out of the fed right and the, the thing is is like that that deal falls apart at the state level so that's why you see places like california where they have like complete control of the house and senate and they the Democrats themselves kill their version of a Green New Deal or their version of um, Medicare for all. And like, it's also how what like you see things in my home state of Rhode Island, where this state's been blue for my entire life, like it's Democrat controlled my entire life. And yet we haven't had a minimum wage raise until 2014. And that was the first one that we had, I think, since my life. And now they're even still the Democrats are the ones who are fighting back against making it 15 an hour. And they're still giving out like giant tax breaks to CVS and citizens and other corporations like that in order to stay in the state. So it's kind of when you don't have that running, you know, everybody in Rhode Island knows the Democrats are so fucking corrupt and politics are so corrupt because it's just so blatant. But when you have, like you said, your plausible deniability of like, no, it was the other guys, you still have people running around saying Obama was a good president and it was just the GOP who was blocking him from doing what he really wanted. I was just going to – you mentioned California and there's a story that came out recently uh, about a bill that would have uh, fought uh, pollution and environmental racism by mandating a buffer zone between uh, California residents and oil and gas wells. Where like almost 92% of Californians who live within a mile of a well and are burdened by pollution are people of color. Almost 92%. So like this is an example. And the thing is, is it was voted down five to four with uh, three Democrats voting against it. And two of the Democrats who voted against it get substantial campaign uh, contributions from oil and uh, the oil and gas industry. And so like. When people talk about, oh, in order to stop, you know, racism, in order to stop the attack on democracy, in order to stop the, you know, climate catastrophe, you have to vote for Joe Biden. It's like, or in Democrats, it's like, that's not stopping it. It's not even really slowing it down at this point. <laughs> like, 
the plausible deniability thing is important because, like, again, Democrats have to play dumb or play ignorant because ultimately, like, as long as they can't be said to have been in possession of the knowledge that then, you know, they can't be assigned blame, even though, you know, a reasonable person might say, and this is the kind of like thing that we can never critique Democrats for because it becomes like, well, you know. Like they're trying their best, right? They didn't know they're trying their best. Like a reasonable person might say, well, simply not having access to information that important, considering your role and considering that it was readily available, is kind of disqualifying. And so maybe it should have been incumbent upon you if your specialists were saying X and you heard the president saying Y to use your platform to correct the record or, you know, do something more meaningful than like tweet snappy comebacks, right? You know, make this make. Make a federal case of it, right? <laughs> you know, if you have the if you have the time, right? But back to Richard's point, like no matter what you say about that, people are going to say, well, the Republicans are worse. Trump is worse. It's incumbent upon us to get Trump out of office right now. But what I've come to realize is that except for a few who actually know about what Obama was doing and know about whatever, like the Democrats actually have plans and, and are more realistic, most people who say Trump and Republicans are worse than Democrats, regardless of whether they're right or wrong, don't pay enough attention to Democrats to actually know how bad they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Republicans might be worse and they are, and they are worse, but a lot of Democrats who say that they just are incapable of articulating in what ways, how, or understanding that. Yeah. But the Repu- the Democrats in some senses are so bad that they have alienated entire parts of the population who might otherwise vote for them for legitimate reasons, and they refuse to try to win them back by offering them anything else. Because those people are only kind of interested in the populations that are disproportionately affected by Republicans or that they perceive as being disproportionately victimized by Republicans in, like, theory those are theoretical people to them like people in guantanamo bay people in like you know kids in cages those are theoretical people that that their care about is used to argue or demonstrate their superiority in intelligence over republicans who don't care about those people right you know outside of any structural thing i get that but but the problem becomes is that you know we're look we have a gun pointed at our head right now um and you, you know you can say oh well they're better but that gun is still going to go off under the current paradigm that the Democrats are pushing for. So even though the like Biden's climate plan is slightly better than Trump's, like it's still not good enough and it's still going to cause massive, massive death and destruction. And like what's happening right now out West is just a, a small portion of it. But like, I don't even think that our current models of we have until 2030 to do something about it are correct because what we're seeing daily from pictures of methane explosions in the permafrost of Siberia and Northern Canada is scary as fuck. The fact that Bolsonaro is still is going ape on the goddamn rainforest where we're at the point now where the rainforest might actually die off. Like that is that complete, those two things alone throw off the models that we've been currently working for. And I don't know how far they throw them off or where they throw them off to, but like we're already seeing the bleaching of the Great Barrier Reefs at a much faster pace than we did even four years ago. So like we might be too late. And I know that what's going to happen when we get to that point where it's too late, they're going to say, well, we tried. And it's like, no, like you didn't try. And in fact, you did everything you could to stop people from trying to the point where you actually under the Obama administration had feds looking into act climate groups as domestic terrorists. The two-party system, especially one as weirdly shitty as the one we experience now, it tra- it forces people, attracts people into incredibly irrational thinking. Part of that is just like comparative thinking. The idea that, okay, just because something is better than something else, that it's good or even not even good, sufficient. It's like you said, it's like, okay, it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter whether Republicans are better or worse than Democrats if neither are going to meet a very specific goal, whether that goal be climate change as a broad goal or a particular goal that a person who might want to vote for either party has. But we also have all seen what happens when like a climate activist or or like a fucking uh, immigration activist talks to like a Democrat about like how they aren't doing enough, not how Trump is being bad. But hey, you know what? Uh, absent Trump, you guys are not doing enough. They just fucking collapse. They have. They Biden literally to tells them to go because, vote like, for somebody else. Yeah. 
because those populations are theoretical. The moment you take it out of the comparative from like, well, Democrats are better than Republicans and you start quizzing people on kill like but yeah my issue was this I, what are democrats doing on this they don't know like you talked about joe biden's like uh, campaign website and how it's like empty from since like the primary yeah like, susan serrano tweeted out a long thread about how like all these people are, are saying that she has no enthusiasm even though she said she's going to vote for biden should really tell the campaign to update the phone banking section because the entire thing has not been changed since the primary and then so later on that day the campaign got on it and changed it because they were basically shamed on Twitter, not because they were actually trying to win a campaign. Even when people are cajoled or are incredibly verbal, yeah, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden for exactly the reasons you said. To it doesn't say and the reason like why they just keep escalating is because the truth is laid bare once they've convinced one person like that after hours and hours of work who like who all they really wanted was Medicare for all or some shit to vote for Joe Biden. It's like this is just not productive. It's not a time efficient way to convince people to vote, at least not when compared to like just offering people the things that they want. But just like with institutions being allowed to like say that 18 year olds can be uh, can be trusted not to party on college campuses and all people can do is go like, oh, shrug, that seems reasonable. I guess those 18 year olds better not party. It's like there is just this kind of not, you know, back of the head knowledge that our institutions, our political parties have abandoned us. All we can really do is kind of try to police our own behaviors in like as irrational as it is individually shame individuals sans any sort of like structural incentive from democrats to vote for joe biden into like feeling bad enough to vote for joe biden but that just doesn't work yeah i have to say on the susan sarandon thing when it's like one thing that that definitely shows is that none of the people that have been spending months harassing her to support joe biden none of them have been phone banking obviously of right? course <laughs> because everyone with any real power to like make a real play for making joe biden's election like as succinct and as easy as possible has abdicated responsibility to the people who who are able to be like cajoled into like doing the work for them because otherwise they feel like they're the ones responsible for not preventing trump and that's just not and as a just as a person i can't be made to feel guilty about something like that because like i know it's just not a reasonable thing to expect me to speak to everybody uh to vote about joe biden if and ask them to do so if he's not providing anything especially when there are people out there like i said which democrats can't acknowledge who can respond to me like yeah but you know joe biden did this you know the crime bill that had a really negative impact on my family and my life directly and i can't see how i can vote for joe biden they don't have an answer for that because they don't know about the crime bill most of them they're just like joe biden did all they can say is well joe biden is better than trump because trump is a racist and and that response doesn't work for people who have like real actual grievances yeah they can only engage they can only engage with like republican criticisms of something like chicago you know it's like oh when republicans say oh you know it's a democrat the problem this that and the other thing they can respond to that because they can say a point to all the issues with republicans and so on and so forth but when somebody from the left is like hey you know democrat uh, chicago's democrat run for 60 years how are you going to explain Rahm Emanuel and laquan mcdonald what does that have to do with republicans and they got nothing it's just like, oh, I'm just a shitty person because I supported Rahm Emanuel and Hillary Clinton and all like and the machine that perpetuated that kind of violence against black people in by the police and did nothing to to protect these people. It's like I'm I'm a bad person. It's like I can't absorb that. So what we're going to do is we're just not going to engage with it and talk about and like accuse you of being Russian, accuse you of being working for Trump, accuse you of doing anything except for pointing out my own fallacies. There is a certain part of the population that kind of just knows that, but they've just accepted it. Like there's a certain part of the population that like is incapable of understanding that like, you know, at a certain point, all they've done is put a gun to the head of themselves and a bunch of kids in cages and say, yeah, you know, if the solution to getting us out of this trouble does not like, in, does not allow us to stay in control and not give an inch then we're just going to pull the trigger and won't you feel so bad people who otherwise are really smart see that situation they see the kind of like the kind of just complete amorality and lack of perceived option that situation and like and also like the general sort of overarching argument that well like well if you don't if you personally don't do everything you can to prevent trump from getting elected even though we won't and we're the person's best position to do that then it's kind of more of your fault than our fault because like you can't really hold us accountable and like that to me is just like it's, it's 
<laughs> no, like, no, I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm not a fucking moron. Like, no, like, like Joe, like, well, how am I more responsible for getting Democrats elected? Right. Than it's kind of like, like I'm okay. looking at this. I'm looking at Hillary Clinton tweeting out like, none of this is normal, and confronting climate change is on the ballot this year. Vote as early as you can for a habitable planet. And it's like you ran a global push for fracking for your entire last tenure in a public position. What the fuck are you talking about? I've put the planet in jeopardy or the people on it, and now I would like you to join me in saving it. Or at least profiting off of it. <laughs> but she's not offering to save it. Right, she's not offering you to save it because, like, there is no way to vote for a habitable planet on a federal level this year. None. No, I can't. Can you? Is there anyone you can vote for that's actually going to push a Green New Deal? Uh, either of you? He wants you to feel bad about using plastic straws. Right, but that's my point. It's like there's no way to – and like I make this point all the time, and it's kind of getting to this. There's no way to vote for anything that is an existential crisis, any solution to an existential crisis. It's just not possible because like you said, they're not offering it because for <laughs> structural reasons, if they offer it, they'd lose money. Um, but they're not offering it, and they're telling you that it's your fault for asking for it rather than their fault for trying to win an election. So what that tells me is they're just not serious about winning. Well, I mean, the central premise of what or whatever you want to call our system, in the absence of even the illusion that the uh, populace can make appeals to institutions to establish environments that incentivize or disincentivize their behaviors or people just adopt really you know irrational rationality they say like they, they start thinking that like their individual choices are enough to completely override or or substitute for like real structural programs you know whether that's climate change and like oh well, if i just personally recycle all of the you know pollution from the fucking army is not going to matter or if it's like you know if i make the decision to like do my part to vote for like local comptroll or real biden that that's going to have a meaningful effect on you know fucking uh racism but we've been talking for a while now why don't we close it out last thoughts fellas i i just i don't know what to do especially with what i'm seeing daily from like the permafrost and what i'm seeing about like the ice sheets and um the ocean like i'm 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 at the point now where i don't know what to do even though like Rhode Island just had an amazing thing happen where we had the Rhode Island political cooperation had a slew of victories for true progressives in a state where the Democrats of Rhode Island are like Reagan Republicans. And it's it means a big deal for our state. And yet it's insufficient. And that insufficiency is baked into the systems that we're fighting against. And I'm not sure that we're able to get a collective response together in time to deal with it. And I'm struggling with that. And I really just, I, I, I appreciate you guys. And I want you to know that the, it helps to struggle with it with friends and brothers. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I mean, for me, it's like, it really centers around this concept of unacceptability and that in the liberal mindset it doesn't seem to really exist and that even if trump wins this next election then they're just going to just organize their life around exist living with trump after spending all this time convincing us or trying to convince us that the idea of another trump presidency should be unacceptable they would just accept it and so i think we're kind of faced in the situation uh, where, you know, there's, you know, two different types of shit sandwiches or a lot of different analogies. But one of the that stuck with me is like, it's kind of like either you're going to vote to get shot to death or vote to get stabbed and strangled. And it's just bewildering for liberals to know that there are people out here that would rather just die fighting than vote for their own destruction and accept either one that they get, regardless of whether it's the one they voted for or not. It's like, no, some of us would rather just just fight you know we don't want to just accept the concept that we have to accept either a slow climate catastrophe or an accelerated climate catastrophe or a you know a very overtly racist uh, uh society or a more subliminally and structurally racist society or we have to accept uh, you know any of these types of both unacceptable visions of the world it's like no we we can construct a, an acceptable vision of the world and fight with everything we have in order to get it and failing that is a lot better than failing to beat win a vote over getting shot or stabbed that's my thought
I just want to say two things. The first is that, like, The Mummy Rocks <laughs> with Brendan Fraser and also The Mummy Returns with The Rock. I, I loved Brendan it, Fraser. but I'm telling you, it doesn't also, hold this up. Is my, this is my turn. This is my turn to, <laughs> to say my final thoughts. You've had your final thoughts, John. No. <laughs> Uh, second, you know, <laughs> second, second, I would just like to say, like, I, this sounds silly. I think a lot of people just want to believe they have more power than they do, and so the idea that like voting for Joe Biden is a meaningful thing is something that they have to convince themselves of to like to soothe their ego and pretend like they have power within an incredibly powerless situation. And as the Democratic Party is yeah. just telling them to go fuck themselves. I will say, you know, thank you all for joining us. And good night. <laughs>